Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are tuning in around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy New Year to all my listeners. I hope everyone is having an amazing, grand, like huge start of the new year. And I know things always, you know, they don't go by feelings, but I just know, I must, I'll say that, I just know that this is going to be a great year for those who are ready for it, you know. And um, I'm excited about the new year. I'm excited about each and every day, to be honest with you, because God is so amazing. And I just wanted to hop on this episode today and just share with you all the love of God, the goodness of God and his kindness, his word, you know, his principle of things and um before I get started, y'all know how I do. And if you don't know, if this is your first time listening, welcome. And I love to do this one simple thing. It's, it's free. It doesn't cost me a dime to do this. I love to pray for my listeners before I begin. So that's what I'm going to do. So God, I thank you for all of my listeners on today. I thank you, Lord God, to those that are listening, that you would touch them in the most unusual and gratifying way in this year. Not just today, God, but I just ask that you would bless my listeners, cover their homes, keep their family from all hurt, harm, and danger seen and unseen, and unseen, and may they grow to know you in a greater way that they can live through you day by day. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord. Amen. So again, Thank you for listening, and I'm so excited about this episode today, as I am with all my other episodes, because I just came across this notion, and we're, we're all familiar with this. You know how, like, in every household, it's like, this is the, you know, across-the-globe speech. When you're 18, or when you turn 18, or when you turn 21, you're grown now, and you can get out here and do the unthinkable, do the unimaginable. But technically, if we're not equipped with the nature of God and how he wants us to come to him as not being so grown, then we're, we're, we're going to run into things and not going to be able to um, articulate what's going on with us in our mind. Because if we just sometimes if we just focus on getting to a certain age and saying, OK, now I'm grown, then that makes you feel like you have all this power. But when situations come toward us, that makes us feel powerless. Your age is literally at that. You don't, you're not even thinking about your age at that moment. So what I wanted to entitle this message as is you're not, you are not grown. You are not grown. Now you may be growing day by day, even after you reach a certain age of adulthood. But I feel like the safest thing that mankind can do, that, that the human body can do is to never come before God as a full grown man or a full grown ch- or a full grown woman because in our eyes in the naturals we we are of age to like let's say walk inside of a DMV or sign you know a bank account or a credit card or something like that but in God's eyes we're sons and we're daughters and we're little children. And I believe that's where we're going to draw the line today of frustration and just really get some real sense of security, my God, of who the Lord can be to us and how he is there for us as a father. Again, we can show up and 
prominent places in the workforce, you know, in, in our lives as, you know, parents or as an adult, you know, lounges, you know, for those of you out there that are still, you know, bar hopping, we can show up to those things as adults, flash that, listen, I'm 21, boom, let oh, move the gate, let me in, you know, I mean, move the rope, let me in. We can do that in life, but there's something about the vulnerability that comes upon us that we don't know what's happening to us when life hits or when trouble comes. It is instantaneously a spirit, or I would say the act or impact of what the inner man, the child like us on the inside, the sensitivity, the realness of our life, it shows up immediately. And it can't be denied. It happens to all of us. There's something in us that rises up like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? You know, how am I going to get out of this situation? Who thinks like that on the, on the real? Who honestly thinks like that on a regular basis without anything coming into their life? Children. They are always asking us for things. They're always coming to the, us like there's some, some type of trouble. You know, can I go here? Can you help me do this? Can I go here? Children approach the parent or adults as if they need something or there's an issue like literally the kids can approach you like it's an issue <laughs> if they don't go to the playground this is a real thing and um they make it seem like you know if i don't get there i'm not gonna make it oh please please can i go outside can i do this can i go with johnny to the prom and all this other stuff the children approach adults as if something is always wrong. If they always have, you know, quote unquote, little problems or whatever. So this is why I'm saying I don't want to get sidetracked. It is, it is, it is um, good for us to remain mindful that when we approach God, we approach him as sons and daughters and as his children. And um, I wanted to come out of, again, this message entitled, we're not grown. We're growing every day. And we can come to the age of understanding or the age of adult, young adults, 18, 21, or what have you. But we should never approach God as an adult. And I'm going to, you know, tap, uh, you know, touch on this and tap into this understanding in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, like the whole chapter, because it's not a long chapter. So it says, I'm going to get right into this now. It says in verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we preach not ourselves. Remember I was saying it's not wise to go to God as, a, you know, as being grown, quote unquote. We must go to him as sons and daughters and children of God. Verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Verse six, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Verse seven, but we have this treasure 
in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I'm going to come back to verse 7 because this is what, you know, got me and grabbed me and was like, no, you have to share this. I'm going to come back to verse 7. So now I'm going to deal with the trouble in life or circumstances in life. So it says, verse 8 says, we are troubled on every side. We're not, we're, it says, verse 8 says, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. So verse 8 is telling us the trouble, the troubles that we so-called have in life. It says we are troubled. It doesn't say we're supposed to be troubling as a person. We're not supposed to be troubled in our spirit, man. It says we are troubled on every side. It never said we are the trouble, that we are the ones with the quote unquote problem. That we, It never says that we are the ones that are all over the place. It says we are troubled on every side. And then it says, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. So when you say you're a, a, a person of despair or a person of stress and stuff like that, no, it's what's going on around you that's troubling you. It's not you. There's nothing wrong with you. We just have this thing with us. Like I said, when we reach an age saying that we're grown, that we have it all together and then boom, all of this stuff start happening. These are troubles that are troubling us on every side. We are not the problem. It is not our responsibility to try to figure these things out. We have to know who we are in God, not in our age and not in our adulting. So verse nine, it says, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So this is why you can feel like all hell is breaking loose. What's happening is change is happening. Is, the, is is basically um, identifying and confirming in the word that was saying when we were crucified and we were buried with Jesus. And it also tells us that we were resurrected. So I posted this on my status earlier. If we don't change with change, there is no reconciliation with God in the here and now. If something is moving and acting out of whack, God is not only, people say this sometimes, and it could be very well true, but I'm going to really like fine tune it. They'll say, oh God, you're in trouble because God is trying to get your attention. No, he has your attention. You're changing, but you're thinking that something is wrong with you. And that's why you feel like change is not, is not taking place as fast enough or in, in a way that you want to see it. This is what we need to identify. The trouble is coming from the outside. It's not coming from with, with, with in the trouble is coming from outside to change and catapult and, um, empower what's within because it says right here. In verse 10, always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life, listen to that, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. So there has to be a dying of the flesh for the supernatural to appear in your life. Not when you get to heaven, in the natural body. And I'm going to show, I'm going to read this even further because a lot of people 
think that you are only going to receive the transformation, anointing power of God once your eternity. No, we have the ability, the power and the might and the right, the birth given right of Jesus, the blood of Jesus for that to be happening now. So it says in verse 11, because when I read verse 10, I was like, really? Like, how? You know what I'm saying? It said that Jesus may be made manifest in our body because according to man, the body can be restored. That's not true. That is not the word of the Lord. So verse Evans, uh, verse 11 comes even, I mean, when I, I'm about to read verse 11. This is about to come in for the kill, to kill all lies that has ever been told to man that we can be restored in the earth. That is a bold lie. Verse 11, let me go back in verse 10. Always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Verse 11, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. For the sake of Jesus, for the sake of being one with him, we are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. Listen to this next part, y'all. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Immortal means supernatural. Mortal means natural. If we are not supposed to be restored in the natural body before we reach eternity, then it's, 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 this wouldn't be in here. This would not be in God's word. We are able to be restored in the body. I heard someone tell me the body isn't the only thing that can't be restored. Yes, it can. It has to be restored through the spirit realm and through your soul. You got to know when things are moving, things are changing, things are happening. Even in a situation of infirmity, the body needs to be restored. So the spirit and the soul has to start first with the restoration. Only, I'm going to tell you another thing. Jesus said he laid down his life only to pick it up again. It's an option in the spirit realm to supernaturally be restored in the natural. That is an option, not the option. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It is a choice. It is our choice. That's why Jesus said, choose life. But life begins in the spirit. So the mortal body, so the physical man can take the nature of the power of God. So this is where your strength is going to come from. Is going to come from the inner man. So it says for again, verse 11, for we, which live are always delivered. Listen, this is why change is always inevitable. Is for the greater good of us. It's for the, it's, it's, okay, let me, okay, let me read it. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. For Jesus' sake. For Jesus' sake. So when you know it's been for Jesus' sake, you got to figure out what happened to Jesus. You got to go back and do the research. What happened to Jesus? He fulfilled the law. He was crucified. He was, he was buried. And he resurrected and he was seated. So if we're, if we're being delivered unto death for Jesus sake all day long, we're also being um, in a position where we're going to come out in the world as 
the result of what happened to him in the spirit realm. But it says here in verse 11, it says all of this for the death unto death for Jesus sake. This is the purpose of that, that the life, my God, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. This is why technically, no, not technically, biblically speaking, no one should be waiting on a miracle. No one should be waiting for deliverance. It is here to show you it's going to happen. You're not waiting. You may be believing God for it, but you're not waiting for it because this will remove time. If we, if we knew what second Corinthians four, if we receive the revelation from it, you don't have to wait on a miracle. You receive it so it can start, you know, so it can be, you know, get in motion for goodness sake. So verse 12, this it says, so then death worketh in us but life in you. My God, when you think things are dying, they're actually by revelation are coming to life. The life of Christ. He wants us to have power from on high in the earth. So he wants us to distribute. God wants us to distribute the beings of who he is. That's why we're called human beings. We are the human form of the beings of God. That's how power is manifested in the earth. That's how you can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. Because we are the human being of God's power. That's why he said, listen, I live and move and have my, in him, I live, I move, and I have. Come on now, Jesus. I have my being. You understand? So verse 13, it says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing verse 14 that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. This is great. This this is amazing. Which tells me literally, Emmanuel, God with us. That is real. I'm not saying anybody out there thought it was fake, but that is a thousand, one million percent real. According to Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 14. Oh yeah, that's a real thing. So verse 15 says, For all things are for your sakes. Listen to this, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Now I heard the word rebound, but this word thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. That means this, this is definite. This is definite. I'm going to, I have the word redound. Hold on. Cause I looked it up. I'm going to pull that up. And I'm going to read it again. It says, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. So redound means to contribute greatly to a person's credit or honor. So I'll read that and I'll say, through the thanksgiving of many, contribute greatly to the glory of God. So you can't, it's one thing to pray. 
But you have to be, you have to contribute. You know how you go somewhere and volunteer and you want to help make something happen? You have to contribute according to the word of God. You have to contribute to the glory of God. He's given us, my God, I never heard that before. But we do, we have to contribute to the glory of God. You cannot sit back and not say nothing and not read nothing and not work and not operate the gift and the spirit of faith without your cooperation. God left it here for us. So we have to, this says you have to, according to verse, you have to contribute to the glory of God. You got to put your time in. You got to listen and read and hear what he has to say about your condition. So yeah, it says, I thought that was so profound because I had never seen that word before in other translations. This is why I love the King James version because it gets straight to the, you know, is more um, solid. It's a, a greater foundation. You know, I don't have nothing against translations, but they watered them down so much that we don't even have no solid definition of what's really going on sometimes because of so many people putting their, you know, own mindset and what they believe the Bible is saying. So yeah, verse, verse 15, for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound, not rebound, redound, contribute greatly to the glory of God. This is, this, this is so, so even in that, when you're thanking God for what you believe, you're con you're making a contribution to the glory of God on your life. Don't you want, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Wouldn't you want to be, that's why praise comes out of the mouth of certain people and it doesn't come. You, you want to, your thanksgiving and praise unto God. You're are, you are contributing my Lord to what he has done in your life. You're saying, God, I want to be a part of this. So I want to thank you. I want to praise you. That is being a part of the glory of God, giving him honor and understanding and recognizing. Listen, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be able to do nothing that I'm doing right now. Point blank period. Verse 16, for which cause we faint not. This is how you are inevitably able to not go under for which cause we faint not but though our outward man perish yet the inward man is renewed day by day so let me explain something to you if you're aging or even if there's something some type of illness going on in your body it doesn't mean you're perishing it means one or two things your body is getting old and that sickness, your, your spirit man is getting tired of being sick. Your spirit is tired of your flesh being sick. You think you're perishing or you may think you're dying from some type of disease or something like that. But what it is, is your flesh is only tired. Your spirit man is the, the flesh is tired of the spirit man not being renewed. The flesh can only perish if the spirit isn't being renewed. And I'm going to bring that home even further. If, if, if you're aging, you, you, you can remain in your strength until right old age because the inner man is being renewed. But if you're sick in your body, you're, you're, you're perishing because the spirit man isn't being renewed. The spirit man is going to give uh, strength 
to the natural man when it's renewed day by day. So even if you're aging, because we all have to age, the spirit man can stay young. You can still be youthy. Your bones and joints and all that stuff will be intact a lot longer. But if you're perishing because of a, a infirmity, the spirit man must be renewed. Because the body is only getting tired because what the spirit man is not giving the natural man. That's the only reason why. So it has to be, listen, and this is where the discipline lies in to get your miracle. It says, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Literally, you can't take no days off. Seriously. If it's, even if you're not ill, we are not supposed to take no days off with strengthening our spirit, man, because that's what's holding us up. That's what's holding all things together. The hope of glory on the inside of us. So why, who's, why listen, check this out. You really want to be about that life? Don't start. Why would you starve Jesus? Why would you starve the son of man? If it says the spirit man is yet being renewed day by day, you got to give something. You got to give Jesus something to eat. Why would you want to starve Jesus? Not saying he can't like his spirit, you know, can't survive with us. But you got to think about it like that. If Jesus living you, hey, he needs to eat something. And he told the disciples when they went to go get food for him, he said, I, I'm not desiring the food that you're talking about. So you're, you're, you, you're should, you're, you should, your mind should be like, you know what? Although you, you, your, you know, your bread and your water and your intake or whatever, I'm not talking about that alone, but that applies to this principle as well. But just be like, you know what? Christ lives in me. I'm going to feed my spirit because the spirit don't start. Why would you want to starve the Lord? That's crazy. But it, it, that's what it is when we, when we don't take time to pray and spend time in the word of God. Because like I said, he told the disciples when they had went, I believe when he was talking to the woman at the well, when they got back, he, they, he had told them he ate already. Like not ate already, but he was like the food that you're talking about. I don't desire that food. And they, as they looked around, was like, you know, did one of y'all feed him or did he eat already? Clueless. They didn't even know what he was talking about. So again, verse 16, like ask yourself, okay, dad, I don't want to read. I don't want to pray every day, but yeah, but do you want to starve Jesus? Ask yourself that, you know? So, so verse 17, and it says for our affliction, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. You want to hold some weight in the earth? Renew the spirit man day by day. You want to feel grown all the time or an adult or feel like you have some sense of security because you're quote unquote of age now? Spend time in the word. Spend time to see what God, that weight is going to outnumber your age bracket when trouble begins to try to attempt to hit your life. The weight of God's glory will outlive or outweigh what you think is a moment of your arrival when you can, okay, now I can handle my life and now I can get there. No, 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 no. Your power with God holds more weight than the age of adulthood. It always, like your number, if you turn 18, that's a number. So weight, when you're dealing with weight, you're dealing with number. You turn 21, you figure you're grown now, you're an adult, whatever, whatever. Those numbers don't add up, cannot compare to the weight of God's glory. Like I said, again, as we or when we come to him as a son or daughter or a child of God, don't hold life, don't hold an age number accountable for what you feel 
is a moment of arrival of arrival or your right to things in the world that you can go in and get this get no the weight of God's glory is what gives you that power and will give you that greater weight in life so verse 18 while we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporal but the things which are not seen are eternal the things that you see the things that try to couple the couple not couple trouble us those things are temporal and they only last for a moment and i wanted to go back to um always bearing persecuted no that's not the verse i wanted to go back to oh verse seven when it says but we have and i want to close it with this but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that's us that's not in heaven y'all that's now that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So when you're feeling overwhelmed and you think or thought that life was supposed to be easier because you're grown, you're not grown. You are of age to sign off certain things. But the power, the excellency of we need to do the things that we need to get done and execute things. It says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, not in an age, in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Your age is literally just a number. No one has the power to um, overcome trouble, but the weight and the glory of God. Again, be mindful that you approach God as a son or daughter, as a child of God, whichever one you prefer. But never think that in this world, you are all of a sudden grown because of a number. No, God needs to be renewed in us day. The spirit man needs to be renewed day by day. I thank you, Father, for sealing this word in your people. I thank you that the victory shall be won this entire year. In Jesus' name, for the people, for my listeners, and, and for me too, Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for this podcast. I thank you that for those who are listening again, touch their lives, bless their homes in Jesus' name. So this is the end of this podcast, you guys. This is the end of this episode. I bless the name of the Lord for this moment because it is it's just it's so powerful. And again, in Second Corinthians chapter four, the entire thing. The, the entire thing because I don't want this to not not only for me but my desire I don't want this to be another year where people feel like because you reached a certain age you're supposed to have certain things or should you don't know you want the weight of God's glory to outlive your age or the number that you have put on to feel like you're supposed to be able to handle everything on your own because we're not the Lord handles things for us so have a great day again happy new year i love you all and i will see you next time when i see you i will be with you next time all right